For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From Meat Eaters World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. The Prussian carp, or goldfish, can reproduce without a male. You will never look at goldfish the same way after you hear all this. Or more accurately, you may look at the old carnival stand that gives bags of them away, you know, after fleecing kids for a few bucks. Not as a fun, harmless fish dispensary, but as an invasive species proliferation hot zone. As stated, the goldfish is just a member of the carp family, the Prussian carp to be exact. These fish can spawn without the help of a male. A female can produce 50,000 eggs year after year without the help of a male Prussian carp. I hope you heard that. A female goldfish can produce and lay eggs without a male goldfish. Instead, she will collect the sperm of minnow species from the same body of water and self-deposit that sperm over her eggs, which, oddly enough, does not fertilize the eggs. That would just not be crazy enough. Instead, the collected sperm stimulates the non-fertilized eggs to divide, producing clones, not true offspring. These are independent females we're talking about. Additionally, this means that the non-threatening goldfish is a major threat to fisheries in which they have the ability to thrive. North of the U.S. border, they have been found in the Bow, Red Deer, and South Saskatchewan river basins. Another recent Canadian case, this one in Dragon Lake, located in Kessnell, B.C., is home to a unique strain of trout, the blackwater rainbow trout. Blackwater rainbows, originally from the Blackwater River, are planted into Dragon Lake as a free-swimming broodstock. 
They're important because they're a fast-growing rainbow with a wild heritage, which basically means they'll get to eating size fast, they'll be disease-resistant, and put up a good fight. The blackwater rainbows are caught, again, out of Dragon Lake, and the females are milked, then those eggs are then used to supply blackwater trout in a bunch of other stocked lakes in B.C. But if you haven't figured out this by now, the other thing that Dragon Lake has is a problem in the form of goldfish. Now keep in mind these are the same fish you let your kid pop a balloon to win at the fair that live for like a day and then are so easily flushable the next. However, these goldfish that haven't been in a small tank are weighing one to five pounds in Dragon Lake. As in, they'll clog your pipes. Aside from the goldfish's ability to reproduce any way that is convenient, they are also adapting to their new surroundings by losing their highly visible gold coloration. The goldfish are turning the same color as the lake bottom. The same reason a goldfish can survive in a plastic bag at the fair is another factor in their out-of-door survival. These fish are capable of surviving long periods of time without oxygen, much longer than their native competition which basically means Mother Nature is probably not going to help this situation out. Aside from putting serious competition on the preferred inhabitant of the lake, again, the blackwater rainbow, this invasive is starting to cost money, not only in the fact that the presence of goldfish could reduce the amount of trout being planted from Dragon Lake, but fisheries biologists are now spending their time electroshocking the lake waters. Locals are spending their time spearfishing and even hand-netting goldfish. If you haven't heard it here before, folks, don't let pets go. Don't acquire them if you aren't prepared to hang on to them for the long haul. Or maybe, in this case, aren't prepared to come up with a new fried fish recipe. This week, we've got North Carolina turkey stats, main game wardens, land access initiative updates, and so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. I traveled to the great state of Maine, got a lobster roll, and couldn't help but notice that the average yard had an above-average stack of firewood, mountains of firewood across the state of Maine. And, not coincidentally, quite a lot of steel chainsaw signs. The world's foremost purveyor of chainsaws, and, not to mention, just the best. I would have stopped in and shown those fellows a thing or two, but uh, time was short, and I'm not sure how anyone who grew up like I did could teach anyone who's grown up like they did about uh, chainsaw work. I, I would have got my butt kicked is what I'm saying. And what I was really there to do was check up on one of our land access initiative submissions. If you recall, all proceeds from Ranella Putella's 2020 campaign merchandise, which you can buy at TheMeatEater.com, goes to our campaign promise. Better hunting, and fishing for America. Well, a bunch of folks went to our campaign page at TheMeatEater.com and filled out our land access survey. One of these folks is a guy, a Mainer, named Brent West. Brent traveled all over the place with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Eventually, he ended up back in his home state of Maine and got a job trying to preserve public ground with the High Peaks Alliance. One of the chunks they were trying to keep from being bought up and posted from tip to tail with no trespassing signs looked like a good place to check out, so I did. A couple things I noticed right out of the gate. In Maine, you do not fish in a creek or a creek. You fish in a brook. If someone says either, would you like to take a paddle? 
or I took a paddle, that means not that you should just take their paddle. They mean like, hey, would you want to go out on the lake and paddle around? Also, if you were to hear the phrase, people from away are frigging things up by buying a kingdom lot, putting a fancy camp on it, then uh, posting the property all up so we can't go on it. If you were to hear that phrase, that is exactly what this project would prevent. What it would provide is just what we're saying. More. It's just a little more hunting and fishing opportunity. Plus, I found some frogs, a bunch of pollinators, some edible plants, and some birds. It's a real cool spot, complete with moose tracks and deer tracks. I also met a town selectman who, upon learning that I was from Montana, he told me about hitchhiking from Maine to California, but he only got as far as Missoula, Montana. What's more, he left Maine with only $8 in his pocket. And just so you know, as someone who has driven that distance as fast and economical as possible, it takes a heck of a lot more than eight bucks to traverse the country, even at the time of Woodstock. So he's adventurous and carefree is what I got out of that. I told him I grew up in Montana and in Missoula, and I was curious to what he thought. And he said, uh, I spent the night with some friends and headed back to Maine the next morning. I asked why only one night. It seemed like a quick turnaround. He said, uh, I was just done. I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. Anyway, I will keep everyone posted on the Land Access Initiative. If you have a cool spot in mind, go fill out the Land Access Survey on the Ranella Putellas campaign section of TheMeatEater.com. We're just getting started. If you don't have a cool spot in mind, buy some merch and your hard-earned bucks are going to go to places that are going to provide hunting and fishing for America. Moving on to listener emails. Jacob from Pendleton County, West Virginia writes in with, Hey Cal, it's hay season in most of the U.S. And that also coincides with fawn season. My question is, when is the best time to mow hay so that you have less of a chance of disturbing or hurting bedded fawns? I feel I see less if I mow at daylight and for small farmers that's doable. However, I understand a lot of guys have too much going on. I would hate to know the number of fawns hurt and killed by farm equipment each year and try my best to avoid them. That's a great question, Jacob. Occasionally, extra protein makes it into all of our agricultural products. Our mixed salads and green beans can come with uh, some frog legs from time to time. In the hay fields, particularly in June, it is not uncommon to accidentally incorporate a fawn into a hay bale. A young fawn's best defense is to lie still while mom is out and about feeding. You can walk right up to them. Back when I had dogs, I would often come upon my yellow lab, the big fish, while she was thoroughly tongue-bathing some frightened fawn. This doesn't mean that they are lost, so leave them alone, unless maybe the alternative is to see that fawn go in one end of a swather, a cute little spotted creature, and come out the other end a big green round bale. I am not in the farming game, so I called my Uncle Jeff, and he says, you know, you have to cut hay when it's time to cut hay. It's three and a half feet tall, and sometimes it's inevitable. However, on years when it has rained too much and the cutting is delayed, the fawns get a bit bigger and have a much better chance of surviving. So, for right now, we're just going to chalk this up to uh, bad parenting on behalf of the deer. If you were out cutting hay or alfalfa and listening to this right now, if you found a solution, please write in to askcal at themeateater.com. Next up, Kirk writes in, says, Lovingly, my HVAC guy put this group together. 
Trash No Land is a Washington-based 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making a positive difference in recreational target shooting toward the critical goal of protecting and preserving our public lands. What they do is education and awareness of rules, ethics, stewardship, and safety. They promote awareness and seek solutions surrounding responsible shooting on public lands, and they lead cleanups at shooting sites in the forests of Washington and Oregon. They also assist in forest management agencies in the development of quality shooting lanes and enhance their message through their volunteer efforts. So if you remember, we always seem to talk about trash around good areas to target shoot. This HVAC guy started a whole nonprofit around it, trashnoland.org, which is awesome. If you're in the state of Washington or Oregon, check it out. And if not, and you belong to any rod and gun club, you can put a group together and go out and clean one of these areas yourself. You just got to go do it. Heck, even the entire meat eater office is getting out and putting the gloves on to clean up a fishing access site here in town. Just get on it. Go do it. Which of you listening right now took a class in school about Family Finances 101? No one? Yeah, me neither. Just like the importance of a will or college savings plan or even life insurance or estate planning, we have to know these things. But how do we figure it all out? That's why I'm excited to partner with Fabric by Gerber Life. Listen, one of the few things expected of you in life is to not let other people pick up after you. That's why I have life insurance, to make sure my stuff is taken care of even when I'm gone. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You could be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com cal. That's meetfabric.com cal. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash cal policies issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions now a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating you know some organ the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill i had that when i was a little kid and it was a big deal Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in, ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app 
on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Moving on to the COVID-19 desk. North Carolina just released the results of their 2020 spring turkey season, and well, it was a bad year to be a turkey. Or a good year to be a turkey hunter. Within their five-week turkey season, North Carolina harvested 23,341 birds. Harvest during youth season went up 110%. The nearest highest success rate was back in 2017 with 18,919 birds. That's a significant increase of more than 4,000 birds. North Carolina Wildlife Resource Commission states that the stay-at-home orders associated with the mitigation of the spread of COVID-19 provided people with more time in the woods. Now, I think that this can be seen as a bit of an assumption looking at just the total amount of birds. Could be a big population increase and the same amount of hunters that are out there just more successful because they're spending more time in the woods. I think this is an accurate assumption, however, when you look at the youth success increase. It can take some serious time to get first-time hunters of any age a bird, and youth success rates increased 110% again. Now, another thing I want you to think about is, if we were to meet in the middle between a big tom and a small jake, we'll call the average bird taken in North Carolina 16 pounds. That's dressed and plucked. The harvest of 23,341 birds would equate to 373,456 pounds of meat put in the freezer. That is a productive stay-at-home, North Carolina. Interestingly enough, on this same topic of increased participation, on our way back from checking out the property in Maine, we ran into a conservation officer, a state game warden, and being full of questions that I am, I asked him about fishing participation in Maine. He said that he thought in his area, fishing was down. I thought this very strange, as I spend a lot of time looking this stuff over and talking to state game agencies across the country. Speaking with these agencies, fishing participation as well as license sales, hunting draw participation, are resoundingly up all across the country. Keep in mind this is anecdotal evidence I have collected, backed up by a few articles. The main game warden, in a very dry way of talking, said, well, we just legalized recreational growing of marijuana. This confused me. What does one have to do with the other? The officer went on and said, uh, well, I used to find a lot of people who were telling their wives that they were fishing, but what they were actually doing was tending their illegal grow operations in the woods. Then, fishing, hoping that bringing home a trout would cover their tracks. Now that growing marijuana is legal, these folks can stay at home and there's no need for the additional fishing part of their operation. Moving on to the Trumps and some controversy that is old news but is popping up again. We'll start with beauty before age, I guess. Don Jr. is back in some headlines because his trip to hunt a far-off sheep in a strange exotic land has infuriated some people. And it turns out he may have had Secret Service detail with him. I have no idea how the Secret Service thing is really supposed to work. 
from a hunting aspect, I would imagine those folks are well-trained and can probably carry a big pack up a steep mountain, so it'd be pretty good company to have. From the economic standpoint, I don't think the American people should be, uh, you know, paying for your fun trips. Now, for the optics of, quote, trophy hunting, I do understand that the act of going wherever you want to hunt wherever you want, as if money is no option, just isn't palatable with some people. The optics don't look right. Well, the reality is that is how hunting is done in a huge part of the world. It is very, very transactional. I think being able to go do those things and see what hunting culture is like is intriguing, for sure. Fortunately, I don't have the pocketbook to be in those sort of scandals. But it is important to keep in mind that whole state fish and game agencies are funded solely by the hunters and fishers buying stamps, tags, and licenses, most of which are at an incredibly small fee. But at the end of the day, we're still paying for the opportunity to hunt and fish. That is not paying for an animal. I don't want you to think that. It's just an opportunity to maybe, you know, eventually get an animal. I do think there's some valid complaints out there in the destination trophy hunting game. Is the money going to conservation or preservation of a species? Is it really helping? What the heck is going on? I don't know, but I do know that no other place in the world has the North American model of wildlife management. Every other country is, in fact, another country, which is something I feel really gets lost. And it seems like hunting is the only time that the lens of Americans traveling abroad are not seen under the light of like when in Rome do as the Romans. In other words, it would be extremely appalling for an American to walk into, let's say, a French cafe, try to make an order and say, y'all darn it, speak American. So why do we demand American hunters operate as they would under the North American model of game management when they're not in North America? Now, ethics should always prevail. I always tell folks, if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. So don't do it. Moving on to our next Trump. President Trump is taking heat over some old news. A reversal of an Obama-era rule regarding certain wildlife take or management practices in Alaska on national preserve lands, such as the killing of bears, wolves, and coyotes in their dens, bear baiting, and the taking of swimming caribou. What this rule reversal does is not what every other news outlet is saying. This does not open the door to all of the hunters in the world to converge on Alaska and dig mother bears and cubs out of their dens. In fact, I think you would have to dig pretty darn hard and pretty darn deep to find a hunter who is willing to go on a trip to dig a bear out of a den. When, you know, the alternative is just waiting and shooting one in a spot that requires no shovel work. This is not a trophy hunting issue, is what I'm saying. Alaska, due to its wildness, became a state in 1959, and with its statehood came special provisions, considerations, subsistence hunting being one, and state management of game species, of which it does incredibly well, on all Alaska lands, such as preserves and monuments being another. These practices listed, baiting, digging, capturing swimming caribou, were completely legal management tools allowed to be implemented by the state of Alaska prior to 2015. It is now 2020, only five years later, and that management choice is being granted back to the state of Alaska. I mentioned that this was only a five-year hiatus because that is not that long ago. 
Search your memory banks and see if you can come up with any stories of denned mother bears and cubs being dug out of their peaceful slumber, or wolf pups or caribou lassoed by boat attributed to any sort of trophy hunter. I cannot recall any major stories or find any serious public outcry because contrary to the current headlines, way, way, way back in 2015, just as they will be in 2020, these management tools or cultural practices are part of a toolkit Alaska Fish and Game can implement at their discretion where necessary and sometimes, yes, where popular, as long as it fits in the greater benefit of the management of that species. Way, way back in 2015, these practices were allowed in very, very limited circumstances, and the people who were allowed to participate typically had the ability to do so through cultural or historical subsistence hunting. To be clear, the current administration has had some rollbacks and implemented some regulations that are bad. They are bad in face value and bad in the practice for conservation. This just isn't one of those things. The optics are bad, I know, but the state of Alaska has no interest in killing off the wildlife the citizens of Alaska need to survive. Their state's rights guarantee them subsistence hunting. The state of Alaska, furthermore, is not going to kill off the wildlife it needs for the good of the economics of the state. One of their major industries is guiding, outfitting, outdoor recreation, wildlife viewing. Take a step back and just look at this through all the charismatic creatures that we like to fixate on. Bald eagles, grizzly and brown bears, black bears, wolves, wolverines. Alaska has been doing fine in the long, long ago of 2015, and I trust they will continue to do so. Moving on to what you need to worry about, and this is the last time you will hear about this, the Great American Outdoors Act. You are hopefully hearing about this on Sunday or Monday, possibly Tuesday. Call and email your elected officials right now and tell them to vote yay. Last week, Mitch McConnell introduced the Great American Outdoors Act. The Senate voted 80-17 to 17 to move to cloture, which is a good thing. That move, to have no debate and move to a vote, eliminates the chance of public land and freedom-despising senators filibustering the package. We have movement, is what I'm saying. Pour on the coals, light a fire under the butts of your congressional representatives, and make sure they represent your interests as outdoor and freedom-loving people by voting yay on $900 million annually to the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which is one of our strongest outdoor access programs. It provides green belts, parks, bike paths, fishing access sites. Tell them to vote yay to $9.5 billion to the National Park Service, U.S. Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, Bureau of Reclamation, and Bureau of Indian Education. That is big money and big jobs in the great out of doors. That is your weekly call to action. Get on it now. If the Great American Outdoors Act dies, something that even President Trump called a beautiful bill, and you did not write in or call even once, you may have the same sentiment as 73-year-old Gregory Godar of West Yellowstone, Montana, when just last week he was attacked by a sow grizz who knocked him down, rolled him over, and bit him in the stomach. And his thought was, at least I got killed by a pretty bear. Do not let the Great American Outdoors Act die by not fighting for it. Thank you so much for listening. 
Quick note, I'm still working on the Bob Marshall helicopter piece. A few more interviews to do. It is a good one. It affects us all. Justice, travel, public sentiment, federal regulation, Vietnam veterans, mules, fly fishing, socioeconomics. This piece is going to knock your socks off. How's that for a cliffhanger? What's more, uh, I have a big giveaway just in time for Father's Day. It's very fitting for the current times as it is an awesome set of stuff that could potentially make you money. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, a multi-level marketing scheme here, folks. Go to my Instagram channel at olcal406, O-L-C-A-L 406 to learn more. Most importantly, tell your friends about Cal's Week in Review. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order.